Tennessee superlatives through five games of the regular season. We did this a little bit earlier in the week, but going to do it better here on a Friday. Plus, tease a little something that we're doing over at VolQuest.com. Biggest surprises, offense, defense, team MVP. Who needs to step up? What are my answers? And I've written it down. I've given it a whole lot of thought this time. That's your Friday, Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Friday morning, everybody. Welcome into it. This is Locked On Balls, your team every single day, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, and um, shout out everydayers. Thank you so much for being here, making Locked On Balls your first listen each and every day. We're going to have fun here on a Friday. Like I said in the cold open, I've taken notes. I have uh, taken my time. We're not going to have any oversights this time. I promise you that. We're going to do some Tennessee superlatives through five games. Now, grand scheme of things, still very much trying to figure it out. Tennessee's not arrived yet. It's one and one in SEC play. It's just played two SEC opponents. It's played you know three other teams that didn't have a pulse, essentially. So, again, th- this is just kind of a not even halfway through the season type yearbook superlatives. Um, but we're going to have a whole lot of fun with it. That's in segments one and two. And then Grant Ramey is going to talk a little Tennessee basketball at Tennessee Basketball Media Day was earlier this week. And practice has officially begun. That's coming up in segment number three. So, um, do want to go ahead and start with, uh, do want to go ahead and say, you know, we're doing this over at VolQuest.com over the weekend. So, to get you through. Uh, No football game, you know, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I believe we're going to have one of these stories um, every day. So if you're a member over at VolQuest.com, this is a little bit of a teaser for you. I'm certainly not going to give away everybody's uh, superlative picks, but I'm going to give you mine. Uh, If you want to know what Brent Hubbs and what Rob Lewis, Austin Price, Grant Ramey, Matt Ray, you want to know what theirs are, I encourage you to go over to VolQuest.com this weekend and check it out. And if you're not a member, uh, the bye week is a good time to go ahead and, and, and submit, join our community because... The second half is coming. All right, it is. I've got a lot of Game of Thrones here this today. The second half is on its way, and you want to be uh, with us over at VolQuest.com. So uh, anyway, I'm going to give you my superlative picks for these four stories that we're going to write. So acting as a little teaser here. Let's start on offense, shall we? Offensive surprise is the category. You can go a number of different directions here, okay? Um, Dylan Sampson, popular one. You know, it can be good or bad. Maybe the lack of Dante Thornton in this offense could be a popular one. Um, Maybe Joe Milton not being as good as you thought he was going to be could be one. But my answer is the three, and you can make it your own, all right? So it's not a specific player or whatever. Um, My answer is the three-headed monster at running back. I thought Tennessee was going to be a good rushing football team. I did. I thought Tennessee was going to be a deep and talented running football team. I did not think that Tennessee would have two running backs in the top 10 rushing in the SEC and the third one, you know, being second in the SEC in total touchdowns and rushing touchdowns. That's Dylan Sampson. Think about that. Top, you know, you have Tennessee's Jalen Wright and Jabari Small. I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's second and eighth in the in the SEC in rushing yards. And then you have Dylan Sampson, who's top 20, but he's second in the SEC in rushing touchdowns and total touchdowns. Uh, I mean, just dynamic. Um, that's my answer. It's the it's the three-headed monster at running back. You have Jalen Wright, who's your starter, and the, and the carries are reflecting it. You get Jabari Small, who gets a lot of run, no pun intended. And then Samson is kind of the spell guy for both of those guys, and, and he'll get a series at some point in the football game or two. But because he's the spell guy, you know, his carries and snap count is kind of up there with the other two. 
Uh, not with Jalen Ryan, but it's up there with the other two. So I just love the way that they're using those three running backs. And yes, Dylan Sampson should have been more of the part of the game plan of Florida. I think Tennessee learned its lesson. I'm not saying Tennessee would have won that game if Dylan Sampson you know, had 10 carries. Uh, Tennessee just got his tail whipped. But I think the coaching staff was like, oh, yeah, that's bad. You know, can't, can't let that happen again. So the biggest offensive surprise for me is that not one, not two, but all three of those guys, Jalen Wrights, Jabari Small, and Dylan Sampson, all three of those guys being as effective and sharing, sharing is caring, all three of those guys playing in the sandbox and having a good time, um, that has been the biggest surprise for me. Not to say that I didn't think that they are not supporting each other or anything, but like I, I thought sooner or later it was, honestly, I thought it was going to be Jalen Ryan, Jabari Small getting you know 15 carries apiece and Dylan Sampson on the outside looking in. That's what I thought it was going to be this season. Liked what I saw from Dylan Sampson as a freshman, everything you heard about him, but I mean, there's just one football, but the way that they're utilizing all three of those guys, I really, really like. So that to me is the biggest surprise. And that's Tennessee's best weapon, especially offensively right now. It is a really, really good running football team. Let's go to defense. Shall we <coughs> defense? I think Kamal Haddon's going to be a popular answer here. He's not my answer, but I I've showed you what he's done over at pro football focus and where he ranks in terms of cornerbacks and all that. It's, He's putting up some pretty good stats, and where Kamal Haddon gets himself in trouble is his mess-ups are just so big that Tennessee fans don't forget it. And, and they're bad, don't get me wrong. Like, the not wrapping up at Florida, that was a horrible, horrible football play. Just just horrible football play. It's like Joe Milton running out of bounds when the clock's running out. You know, there's no time left to 2021 Ole Miss. Horrible football play. Um, <laughs> I mean, it just is. It, this The game against South Carolina in 2021, I mean, we all remember Kamal Haddon from that. But if you... And I know it's difficult, but if you move past those and look at his play so far this year, he's playing really, really good cornerback. So I think Kamal Haddon is going to be a popular answer here. I think James Pierce, Tyler Barron are also popular answers. My answer is the entirety of the defensive line. And Boogie said this on yesterday's show, and I agree with him. I'm gonna I'm I'm going to still stick with my guns here, but he said. You know, you can't, you can't have it both ways. We talk about how good Rodney Gardner is. We talk about how good Rodney Gardner is. We talk about how good Rodney Gardner is. And then when the defensive line is playing the way it is, you can't be surprised, right? And I hear him. I hear where he's coming from. I still just didn't think top to bottom that it's that it was going to be this good. And granted, against Florida, it wasn't good. Game plan was awful. Mertz was getting the football out of his hands in a hurry. I recognize all that. But... Top to bottom, and they're going to continue to get tested. Don't get me wrong. Alabama's got a much better offensive line. You know Georgia's got a better offensive line. Kentucky's going to have a better offensive line. A&M's going to have a better offensive line. Fact of the matter is, Virginia sucked, and South Carolina <laughs> South Carolina started two true freshmen on the offensive line on the road at Neyland Stadium. But, you know, Brent Hubs mentioned this on the Volkos podcast this week. It's not like James Pierce is a 15-year veteran. He's a sophomore, so... Again, it's, it's all about perspective the way you look at it. But top to bottom, Tyler Barron's playing in a contract year. James Pierce has emerged and broke out on the scene. Omar Norman Lott has been a huge addition to the interior of your defensive line. Amari Thomas is still there. Bryson Easton is making plays. And then you bring in guys, or Roman Harrison's already there as well, but you bring in guys like Karat Garland, David Hobbs, Dominic Bailey, Tyree West, I mean, you're going 10 to 12 deep here. Joshua Josephs, you're going 10 to 12 deep here, and it's good, good, good to see being being effective. And Tennessee's defensive line will need to continue to be effective because as that unit goes, 
So does the entirety of the defense. So does the entirety of the defense. So for me, it's the defensive line. That's been my biggest surprise, how effective it's been. Not just one player, but I mean, I just named off five players who I think are playing really, really good football. James Pierce, Tyler Barron, they're going to get all the accolades. They're going to get all the uh, all the stats. But Omar Norman, Lon, Amari Thomas, Bryce Neeson, they're playing some good, good football. So I uh, wanted to bring that to, to your attention. And uh, talking about biggest surprises offensively and defensively, ball superlatives right here on Lockdown Balls here on your Friday. Looking ahead to segment number two, we will go team MVP and a player that you need to step up, a player that you are looking forward to stepping up. And if this player steps up, boy, this football team could be good. All that and more is coming up as we continue on here on Locked on Vols. want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, proud sponsor of the show. Um, as always, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified qualify candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Uh, go to linkedinjobs.com, post your job, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. We all have been to LinkedIn Jobs, trying to take a step in our career, trying to find the right job for you. Now, you, maybe you're there and you have your small business, but you can't do it alone and you don't trust just anybody. Well, go to LinkedIn Jobs. You are the, you are the uh, employer. You're looking to hire people. You'll have simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then ultimately hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus its leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Segment number two of a Friday edition of Lockdown Vols. We are talking Tennessee superlatives. We did biggest offensive surprise, biggest defensive surprise. I've told you mine. I'm teasing a little series we're doing over at VolQuest.com this weekend. If you want to know what Brent Hubbs, Austin Price, Rob Lewis, Grant Ramey, and Matt Ray all have to say, check all, check it all out over at VolQuest.com as the uh, the uh, the week goes on. The weekend goes on. All right. So two other superlatives that we are doing this weekend. And we'll start with Team MVP. We did this a little bit on the episode of Lockdown Balls. We did it kind of like a top five. And I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I should have taken my time a little bit more on that. Um, because I, <laughs> I completely forgot about Aaron Beasley. And um, I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. Aaron Beasley is your team MVP right now. Because I think the defense is taking a step. I think the defense is better. I think the defense as of right now is a strength. And he's your best defensive player. He's all over the place. He is seeing the football game at such a slow pace right now, which me or let me let me t let me take that back. He is everything is slow motion for him. There you go. That's that's how you better phrase that. He is making plays. He is running sideline to sideline. He is, um, you know, in the backfield. He's had a couple sacks already. He's leading the team with thirty three tackles, and that was with him a little bit banged up against South Carolina. 33 tackles, he has eight and a half TFLs, he has two sacks, he has three pass breakups. Aaron Beasley has been all over the flipping play so far this year. Um, Tennessee's defense will go as Tennessee's defensive line goes, but Aaron Beasley, make no mistake about it, Aaron Beasley is your leader there in the middle. Uh, who are some other popular answers potentially? Well, I think probably Jalen Wright will be. Um, I haven't seen what the other guys are going to say over at VolQuest.com, but I would assume that Jalen Wright is is going to be a guy that um, 
is going to get some MVP votes just because he's been so good. He's already had a couple of different 100-yard games. He's averaging over eight yards per carry on the season so far. Let's see here. Jalen Wright, he's averaging 7.1 yards per carry, 61 attempts, 40, 441 yards. He has only one touchdown, whereas Dylan Sampson has six touchdowns. Joe Milton has four rushing touchdowns. Jabari Small has two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Jalen Wright only has one rushing touchdown, but he has 444 yards, 435 net. That is well over 100 more than Jabari Small, who's second on the team. Uh, he's really, really good. Already rushed for over 100 yards in a couple of games, averaging nearly 100 yards a game. Um, if not for that Florida game, he would he would be over 100 yards per game. So uh, Jalen Rod's going to be up there. I said squirrel wide at number one back on like Tuesday or Wednesday, and I think I was thinking of it from from the most productive standpoint. And um, you know, a lot of that had to do with the last game. He had nine receptions for 104 yards and a touch. Or yeah, he didn't have a touchdown. But anyway, he had like nine receptions for 104 yards, and so they are utilizing squirrel wide big time in the passing game. And maybe he gets some votes here as well. Uh, but my vote's going to be Aaron Beasley, and I think a lot of people are going to vote Jalen Wright at this point in time. And then this is a really, really fun superlative that we're going to end on here, and we're going to get Grant Ramey here to, to, to finish off our show. Um, guys that need to step up. Guys that need to step up big time for Tennessee, and who, who will be those guys to step up? And if these guys step up, Tennessee's going to either reach its goals, be a much dangerous football team, yada, yada, yada. Just kind of make it your own, right? Who are you looking forward to stepping up? Who needs to step up? Who do you think is going to step up? You know, make it your own. Um, I think there are two big-time answers here. I think you could either say Dante Thornton, because number one, you heard all this bragging about him in the offseason. I mean, people like me are saying he's going to be an NFL receiver and doing all this type of stuff. So far, it's not been that at all. And then you add on to the fact that Brew McCoy is injured now for the year now. You got to step up. It's now or never. Show off that versatility. Bump outside. Play a little slot. Whatever you got to do. Dante Thornton should be a big, big, big time popular answer here. And I can see that. But the obvious number one answer of a player that needs to step up for Tennessee to reach its goals, it's quarterback Joe Milton. And again, this is not me saying Joe Milton should be benched. This is not me saying Joe Milton's playing bad. This is not me saying Tennessee is better off without Joe Milton. I'm not saying that. Don't hear me wrong here. But the fact of the matter is, if you want to beat on the road Alabama, Kentucky, if you want to beat at home Georgia, if you want to go on the road, take on an undefeated Mizzou team right now, which they will not be undefeated at the time, but I'm just saying playing much better football on the road in the SEC, then you need to be able to complete some down-the-field passes. The lack of explosive plays by this offense in comparison to last year is astounding, but, but Tennessee's still averaging 36 points per game, which is kind of shocking. Tennessee does not have many plays that have gone 20 or 30 yards plus down the field, and that's kind of been a staple for Josh Heupel's offense through three years. We even did a show about it back in the summer about tracking the number of explosive plays 20 yards or more down the field. And there's been just a ton of them. There's not been many this year so far. And whether it's Joe Milton, whether it's receivers, whether it's offensive line, not giving enough time, I think it's a combination of all the all the above. But the fact of the matter is you need to be more explosive offensively. You need to be able to consistently throw the ball down the field. Um, and there's been drops, okay? There's been not good uh, blocking in front of them. I'm not trying to say it's all Joe Milton's fault. You know, how different does his stat line look against Virginia if Romel Keaton catches that football? How different does his stat line look against UTSA? And by the way, the stat lines weren't bad. 
But how different does this stat line looking at UTSA if two of those long balls are completed that just missed? Jazz Nimrod down the sideline. Squirrel White's uh, over the middle of the field. Um, you know, they're, they're, uh, Romel Keaton over the middle of the field. I mean, there's more and more and more. Um, and you're going to have those opportunities. You're going to have those opportunities. Can you cash in on those, Joe Milton? For the most part, can you continue to not make a wrong decision? Now, two turnovers against South Carolina. One, he completely just did not see the safety, thought it was cover two. There was a cover three corner or cover three safety just sitting in the middle of the field. Didn't see him, picked it off. That can't happen. That's bad. The other one, I think he just tried to force the ball in there because he had just uh, threw a, a six-yard touchdown pass to, to Jacob Bourne on a similar route a couple of series before that. I think he just tried to force it in there, and he, he did not throw it enough inside, and the ball was picked. So I think one of those was a bad decision. I think one of those he just tried to force it, and, and, and it didn't come up right. Can you continue to protect the football and not put the football in harm's way? Um, if you can continue to do that, if your defense is continuing to you know play play pretty pretty decent football, and you're running the football, you can still win a whole lot of games. But what happens when your defense doesn't give up under thirty a, a game? What happens when you're not getting home against the quarterback? What happens when you're not running the football? Joe Milton's got to make some plays. Can he make some plays? We will see. We will see. And if he can, then the Tennessee football team is going to end up being where you want it to be, 9-10 wins, in my opinion. So uh, Joe Milton, the obvious number one answer for me, and that's who I would pick to say, who's going to step up? It's got to be Joe Milton that's going to step up. What say you? Biggest offensive surprise. Biggest defensive surprise. Team MVP and player you're looking forward to stepping up in the second half of the season. Let me know what you think at underscore Kane or at Lockdown Balls. Fill up the comment section here on YouTube and go to VolQuest.com Thursday through Sunday of this weekend. And um, we're going to have all this coverage with other, you know, uh, members of VolQuest.com and, and moderators, Brent Hubbs, Austin Price, Grant Ramey, Matt Ray, and, and Rob Lewis. They're going to give you what they think. I just gave you what I thought. It's a little bit of a teaser, so go check it out over at VolQuest.com. Grant Ramey going to join us. Talk a little Tennessee hoops basketball practice starting this week. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Balls. But I do want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel, it is America's number one sports book. You know that. And there's no better time to join FanDuel than right now this NFL season. Snap into the NFL season with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets when or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now. You can go and, and join the spreads, hit the total, the over, the unders. But what I think you'll have a lot of fun doing if you're brand new to, to FanDuel and to this world is prop bets. Um, over under five and a half receptions. Over under 82 and a half rushing yards. Over under three, two and a half total touchdowns. Stuff like that. That's a whole lot of fun. It's easy and it's something easy to track throughout the game. And you can do it over at FanDuel Sportsbook. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season today. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. All right, here to bring us home here on a Friday uh, in segment number three. It's Grant Ramey, my colleague over at VolQuest.com, the On3 Network. Tennessee basketball has officially started practice ahead of the 23-24 season. And Grant, some housekeeping notes. There's one player that's uh, in concussion protocol. There's one player that is technically suspended right now. And then, of course, Zakai Ziegler is working his way back from that ACL. There's actually another one. Uh, J.P. Estrella has a has missed some time with a fractured finger. So okay. add him to the list. Tobey Awaka is the one in concussion protocol, which uh, I would hate to see the person that put that dude in concussion protocol <laughs> because 
That's a large human. Uh, Zakai reports continue to be extremely positive about his rehab and the progress he's making and the timeline for return. I mean, he's talking about trying to play the first game of the season. He, I mean, they, they want to, they, they're, they're trying to slow him down, but he's really hard to slow down and he's back in the mix in practice. He's not full speed hundred percent yet, but he is in the mix in practice and he is doing basketball activities. So everything since the surgery has been extremely positive in terms of feedback, the DJ Jefferson stuff, it hasn't been officially said that he's suspended, but he's been away from practice. And Rick Barnes kind of went out of his way on media day on Tuesday to mention that DJ has not been in practice recently because he's not lived up to the, I can't remember what the, what the exact quote was, but the standards and in all facets of the program. So it's nothing legal. It's just some kind of issue off the floor where, I don't know. They weren't happy with his conduct in some situation and team violation of some sort. Right. Some kind of team violation. It's not a huge deal. I don't know what his future is. I don't know how long it lasts. I don't know really what's going on here besides that, but it's just, it's a suspension. Isn't it funny? Like Rick Barnes will make it a point. Rodney Garner does this as well sometimes, but like Rick Barnes, because we hear from him so much more, he will make it a point to go to the media and send a message to his team or send a message to a specific player like Josh Heupel doesn't do that. Head football coaches right. don't do that, but Rick Barnes does. He he's gonna he's gonna send a message. He's gonna make his point. Uh, the funny thing with Rick, you 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 transition this time of year. You kind of switch gears from football to basketball, just randomly in the middle of October, and you go from Josh Heupel, who's saying Brew McCoy's got a lower body injury, and that's the most we'll ever hear from Josh Heupel updating an injury to Rick's not even asked about injuries. Rick's not even asked about suspensions. He's just like, yeah, toe base and concussion protocol. JP's got a fractured finger that he's been dealing with. And, oh, yeah, DJ Jefferson's not practicing with the team. He's been away from a little bit because he's, <laughs> you know, violated the team rule or, or whatever. So, yeah, it's, it's a different world. And, yeah, I think Rick did go out of his way to, to kind of send a message there that he's not going to keep the secret. He's going to let people know that this is what's going on. You need to learn from this. Um, and that's just Rick being who he is, a, a veteran coach who's not going to waste his time. He's going to make his points known. Sidebar, um, I was looking at the Florida game notes yesterday. I really ran on the Florida Gators football game notes. At the bottom of their depth chart, they have literally an injury report. Could you imagine? Now, how updated is that? I don't know. But could you imagine there being an injury report section in the game notes? I mean, it's unheard of with this staff. There Maybe there is one buried in the bottom of Tennessee's game notes, and we just never look, and, and that's on us. But no, that would be amazing to actually get one that's actually accurate, not just one that exists, yeah. but has somewhat legitimacy to it. I don't know. I mean, there's there's out, there's probable, there's questionable. I mean, it's pretty nuts. Uh, back to basketball. Um, still about a month away from the uh, from the season opener. You know, how good can this team be, Grant? I, I know that we'll learn more about it as, as they get out there and play. They got some new faces, of course. That's every year in college basketball. Now you got to re-recruit your current roster. You get Josiah back late. Of course, Chris Ledlam then leaves, but um, it's kind of addition by subtraction. That's nothing to Chris Ledlam. You're getting Josiah back that knows the system is a very good player. Uh, You get, you know, Dalton Connect. I mean, you got a lot of solid players, and and it looks like from a collection of, of players' standpoint, this team's got depth and this team's got numbers, and it can do some damage. They've got depth. They've got extreme perimeter depth. Uh, they've got good backcourt depth. The issue for me is I, I need to see this front court consistently perform. Yeah. Uh, Jonas Hedu play really well. Tobey Awaka play really well on a consistent night in, night out basis. Uh, they should be better offensively because you brought Dalton Connect here to be a really good offensive basketball player, and that's what he is. Uh, Freddie DeLeon, you're bringing him off that kind of halfway redshirt season where he got here in January and enrolled early. 
he's a really good offensive basketball player, a guy that can create his own shot, a guy that can score at all three levels. Uh, my question with those guys are how consistently can they defend and how much progress can they make on the defensive end because that's not their strong suits by any means. And obviously Rick Barnes is somebody that's going to harp on the the importance of the defensive end, and they're going to have a certain standard that they have to live up to on the defensive end. Uh, I asked Rick a couple of weeks ago, like, are you willing to trade – you know, you're bringing an offense. Are you willing to trade some defense for that offense? And I think his stance is we can do both. We're capable of doing both. So try to do both. And so it, it's, a, it's a question of, you know, how do those guys defend? Uh, they're going to score it. Uh, Rick, Rick was talking about a scrimmage on Saturday where they only had nine available players, and the two teams went 20 for 43 from the three-point line. And it feels like every time this time of year we're talking about how good this team can shoot. And then yeah. in March, it's like, where did that – what happened? Where did that go? Where's the offense when you need somebody to create a bucket uh, or to score or whatever? So let's see that what that, that looks like in January in the springtime when, when stuff gets serious. But it's a deep basketball team. They have a lot of pieces that they like. It's just a matter of let's see what this team looks like on the floor and how all these pieces fit together. You dropped a note earlier a couple of weeks ago, or maybe you said on a podcast, you said something – uh, about Cade Phillips, the 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 plan for him as a true freshman was always to redshirt. That might not be the case anymore, right? I mean, is he playing himself into maybe getting some minutes, maybe not redshirting, maybe being a factor in that front court depth? I don't think he's a huge piece of the rotation, but he is playing himself out of that redshirt. And okay. I think his teammates are the ones that are kind of vouching for that. And And I don't think that's not to say the coaching staff hasn't noticed, but the teammates have gone through these workouts and practices with him and been like, you cannot redshirt this kid because he's, he's twitchy. He's a really good athlete. Uh, he's stronger than he, he looks pretty, pretty thin as a freshman, but everybody talks about how strong he is. He's a, he's a good rebounder. I think he had nine or 10 rebounds in that scrimmage uh, that they had uh, on Saturday. And he, he's, he's got a really good, you know, family genes. His, you know, his uncle's Brody Croyle, his dad played quarterback at Alabama. His mom was an athlete at Alabama. So he's got it in the genes, um, and he's just been really impressive. The thing with him is he's had a foot injury. He's had a knee injury. He's had a labrum. Uh, it's just been something where he hasn't been healthy in a while, 100% healthy in a while. And now he is, and he's looking like it, and he's feeling like it, and he's turning heads. Man, him and Cam Carr, uh, those have been the two biggest surprises so far. And, and I do think Kate is in a position where you take that red shirt off the table and you see what he can give you at the back end of that rotation. I remember when Kay Phillips uh, committed to Tennessee. It was back in May of 2022. I mean, it was, it was a while ago, obviously. Um, but why did he come to Tennessee if he had all those connections to uh, Alabama? I, I, that's what I talked to him about on Media Day, and he said, my dad always told me to be true to you and to find your school. Alabama's our school, talking about his dad, his uncle, his, his mom. But it doesn't have to be your school. So basically yeah. go out, find the best fit. Um, I asked him about last October when Tennessee beat Alabama in football. I was like, what's, what's that moment like when you're a Tennessee commit in an Alabama family? And he said, like, I'm not saying I regret it, but he had the weekend off and he was supposed to be at Tennessee for a visit. And he decided to go home because it was his dad's birthday and surprised his dad. And he's like, I don't want to say I regret that decision. Uh, mm -hmm. Sorry, dad, if you're listening to this, but I had a little bit of FOMO. So uh, he's all, he's, he's got his, He's got his dad in uh, orange and white and singing Rocky Top and all that stuff. So his dad told him to, to go find the best place for him, and, and Tennessee was the best place for him. And that's a great mindset to have, obviously. And plus, hey, right. there's always the transfer portal. So there's right. that. If uh, you know pe People coming into Tennessee, too, look at uh, look at Cade Mays. Of course, it wasn't as open as it is now, but still. Uh, last couple of things, man. Um, 
Freddie DeLeon, you, you mentioned kind of that half halfway redshirt year last year. I mean, how big of an impact is he going to be for Tennessee? Um, he's got some versatility to his game, can play the point, can play the two, good shooter. Uh, how's his defense progressing? Feels like that's the name last year where it's just like, I mean, you need some help. He's right there. Just play him. Take the red shirt off of him and play him. Right. He wasn't ready yet. Kind of where is he now? Well, he's projected as a first-round pick in the 2024 yeah. NBA draft by ESPN. Knew uh, that Later one, yeah. in the first round, something like in the 20s. So I think that's what everybody kind of thinks his ceiling is or could be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you started to see it in those three Italian exhibition games uh, in July and August. He can he can beat you off the dribble. He can create a shot. He can hit the three. He can score in the mid-range. He can get to the rim and finish. And he can really never have enough of those guys who can create their own offense. And he's going to have to make progress on the defensive end. He's going to have to clean up turnovers because those are two things where Rick Barnes doesn't really, you know, he's not going to give any ground. You better take care of the basketball. You better play defense. And then you can do your thing on the offensive end. Um, so he's going to have to make progress there, but he is a talented, gifted offensive basketball player. He, he told me last March and at Madison Square Garden, I'm a, quote, natural bucket getter. So that's the kind of confidence that he has in himself and his game. And you need that. And, and he's especially important right now with Zakai being out and him being able to run that point guard all summer and to be that guy. Um, and he's, he's important in November, too, when you have a lot of huge games and you're not sure what, when Zakai is going to get back, what he's going to look like when he does get back, how long is it going to take him to knock the rust off. I mean, this team goes to Wisconsin November 10th, game two on the regular season schedule. They go to uh, Hawaii for the Maui Invitational. It's absolutely loaded field. They go to North Carolina November 29th. So there's a ton of huge tests in November, and I think Freddie's going to be a really important piece in terms of running your offense and being able to score the basketball while you're trying to figure out what the timeline is for Zakai Ziegler. So you got football season going on right now. You're already carrying VolQuest.com on your back. You got basketball season started off. You're doing all the Facebook work. You're taking the weekend off, right? You're going to take the kids up to, to Gatlinburg maybe? I mean, you need you need a couple of days off here before it gets really busy. Listen, uh, no, but nobody gets a bye week. That's what coaches say. It's a, it's not, there's no real bye week. There's no open dates. I'm going to be uh, lugging backpacks around Dollywood during the bye week. So uh, prayers, prayers for your boy. Do you have a leash for for, for, for your boy? Because when I was little, I was told that I ha- I was on a leash on Dollywood. Like my dad had me on a leash. I don't remember it, but uh, I think we maybe did when he was two or three. When it was really young. At this point, I'm the one who needs a leash because I'm trying to run back towards the car at every <laughs> uh, every every possible opportunity. I'm like, all right, let's go get back on that tram. Is it about that time yet? So uh, I'm the one that needs a leash at this point. Well, I hope they have fun, but I, I hope Theo gives you hell. Uh, that'll just be funny. Uh, Grant, appreciate it, man. Always follow Grant's work at VolQuest.com and at Grant Ramey on Twitter. And uh, we'll talk more hoops in the weeks to come. Thanks, Eric. As always, great stuff there from Grant Ramey, colleague and a hard worker over at VolQuest.com. So I really, really appreciate him for joining the show and talking a little hoops as basketball season is upon us. Winter's coming. Basketball season in a month. But you know, football drives the ship here on Lockdown Balls, and we're never going to not give you that football content uh, right out of the gate. So it's a bye week. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. If you're going to watch some football, hey, I encourage you to watch AM in Alabama, 3.30 on CBS. That's the Tennessee's next two opponents. I'll be right there with you. Cold beer in my hand watching that football game. And uh, we'll get ready for AM the following week. It's a big weekend to rest, recover, recharge, and then back at it for Tennessee football, back half of the season, seven more games to go, and nobody's going to cover it better than Lockdown Balls and um, – 
man, I'm, I'm excited for it. Enjoy your weekend, everybody, and we will talk again on Monday. This is Locked on Balls.